The Trojans are 2-0 following their 48-21 win at Stanford. And they suddenly find themselves as the number seven team in the country. How'd that happen so fast? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thanks for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you download your podcast, we're free, and I thank you so much for coming along for the ride. If you're watching on YouTube, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button. If you're not watching on YouTube, start watching on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Otherwise, you can follow me again at Mark Culkin on Twitter. Or over there on WeRSC.com, where when you're not making Locked On USC your first listen every day, you're heading on over there for the rest of your news and notes. All right, so as I mentioned, USC's 2-0. They got the job done on the road. Mission accomplished, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to go ahead and we're going to recap, take a look back at the game, both sides of the ball, and then uh, later this week as we are going to make routine. Uh, we'll start giving out grades for the position groups, coaches and uh, players of the game at their positions, etc. So what's really not to like about coming home 2-0 and, and, you know, essentially doing so with ease? Um, you know, there's a lot to, to like for, there, there was a lot to like uh, for 30 minutes. And then uh, there was a lot less to like for, uh, the next 30 minutes of game action. Um, but, you know, let's do this. Let, let me set the table so you can choose what was good, what was bad. Just remember, let's, they won 41 to 28, and that essentially matched last year's loss at home, where uh, Stanford left, with, left the Coliseum with a 42 to 28 victory. And that also ended the Clay L the Clay Helton era. Thank you, Stanford. This is what uh, we wanted to pay you back. There you go. We appreciate it. Trojan fans are uh, very happy with the results. <clears throat> so um, how are the Trojans 2-0 and, and and the number seven team in the country? Let's... Is it a chicken and the egg? Is it a kind of a chicken or the egg question? You know, which came first? So far... Let me set this up for you, because these these statistics are are kind of mind-boggling. USC's defense has forced eight turnovers. Now, they obviously finished the Stanford game, so they did that in less than seven quarters worth of game action. Okay, they they weren't able to to do anything in the fourth fourth quarter, so you know what? (laughs) These are some good numbers. Um, Or, you know, if, if we're going to say, if if the defense was the chicken, uh, is the offense the egg? So far, these are their offensive drive results. And this is going through the first half of the Stanford game. Ready? Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. Field goal, touchdown, touchdown. Punt, touchdown. End of game. That was eight offensive drives against Rice. Not bad. 66 points. <clears throat> Okay, 
Um, Stanford decided to, uh, you know, they won the coin toss. And so Shaw, Coach David Shaw elected to put USC on defense first. He wanted to uh, test those guys out, see if they can recreate what they did against uh, Rice and some of the uh, former Stanford coaching staff, Mike Bloomgren and his group. So uh, Shaw would later find out that he chose wrong. He probably should have tried to go on defense first. Um, Now, it wasn't a pick six. Uh, However, Max Williams was the latest to uh, get involved in the turnover party for USC's defense. He he had an interception in the end zone, and then he returned it 33 yards. Not bad. That uh, I should also point out here real quickly, uh, Max had a hell of a game. Uh, This is what happens when he's healthy. And this is why he is on the field starting for USC. He later um, separated the ball carrier, um, forcing a fumble that Makai Blackman uh, was able to uh, come up with under the pile. And if you had a chance to see it, um, it was textbook. Shoulder, ball, separation, ball carrier, ball on the ground, USC turnover. It also prevented a sure touchdown uh, that Sanford was about to go in and pick drive on. So um, the result of challenging USC to play defense first, this is how Lincoln Riley and USC returned um, the respect or maybe the lack thereof. Uh, The first five offensive possessions of their game in Stanford, up at Stanford. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Boom, USC led 35 to 14 at halftime. So now the question was, it wasn't whether or not USC was going to win the game. That was a foregone conclusion. It was a matter of how bad was the score going to get. Well, uh, both turned out to be correct questions, statements, I guess, thoughts. Um the Trojan defense gave the offense those extra possessions that a serviceable to a good defense uh, should be able to do each game. Just based on USC's personnel, that's all they should need to do. So when the following happens, like, you know, I don't know, maybe uh, Stanford was lucky that USC brought their ice skates instead of their cleats because I, I, it wasn't just me that noticed this. A lot of people noticed. Um, USC, the players were slipping and sliding all over the field. And um, it led to some incompletions. And it led to the offense kind of sputtering a little bit. It wasn't quite as efficient in the second half. Right? And that's being very kind. Um, the Trojans were, you know, they were outscored 14-6 to six in the second half. I got to let that sink in there for a second. So, um it, it wasn't anything in particular that changed other than, you know, maybe the, you know, USC had nine for a hundred and maybe, you know, the, the, their, their overall execution was sloppy. And by the way, that nine for 100, that was a stat for USC's penalties. And that is no bueno at all. What is bueno is what is good for you folks that are not bilingual. Uh, it would take just four plays to convert that first uh, 
of Stanford's four turnovers into a touchdown and a seven to nothing lead. So Shaw gambled, he lost, and now USC had their first extra possession of the game. And um, because he took the ball to start the game, USC is going to get the ball to start the second half. So he tried to steal a possession, failed, and in Vegas, that means you crapped out. Um, I, I think what we should probably start calling the U.S. defense, USC defense under Alex Grinch so far through two games, and they're going to have to get better uh, overall. But let's just call them opportunistic. There's no other better way to describe these guys. Uh, they're plus eight in turnovers after two games. Uh, but, you know, again, I, I mentioned it. Let's also be really clear that uh, this defense is a work in progress and they're going to have to get better. But they were also, they were, I think, probably the catalyst for the win in this game. Um, you know, again, chicken or the egg. Yeah, USC's offense, big play, score whenever they want. But, um, you know, they're getting these extra opportunities and, and it's the defense is providing it for them. And, oh, by the way, um, the last time USC was a plus eight through two games, it wasn't that long ago, 2020, COVID year, uh, but they did make the conference championship game. So maybe that's a uh, harbinger of things to come. Who knows? So if we're going to call them an opportunistic defense, let's uh, let's take a look at what happened when they weren't creating turnovers and, and keeping uh, Stanford out of the end zone. They did surrender 440 total net yards. Um, 220 of that came through the air, 220 on the ground. Uh, they shouldn't have to rely on turnovers to offset that type of... Uh, deficiency that that kind of showed itself in this game because you're not going to get four turnovers every game and that could be problematic um, if they can't shore up their run defense Um, but you know again the Stanford's four turnovers killed their best laid plans Um, you know what else killed Stanford on what the Trojan defense did on top of their, the four turnovers that USC created, they had five sacks, 12 tackles for loss, and they did that on the road. Those are not just good numbers. Those are great numbers. Um, I mean, anytime, anytime you force four turnovers, you get five sacks, 12 TFLs, uh, you're, and score 41 points, you're going to win a lot of games bottom line so yeah it didn't look good but um it got the job done right they came home with the win that's the bottom line that's what you want so not only is usc USC showing that they're a big play offense uh, that can score quickly uh they're also a big play defense Uh, look there were no returns for scores but again you know i mentioned max williams what he was able to do Caleb Williams, you know, 20 for 27, 20 for 27 uh, through the air, 341 yards and four touchdown passes. And it literally seemed very ho-hum. 
but it was on national TV, so maybe his Heisen campaign got its kickstart going. Jordan Addison, what he targeted eight times, seven catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns, uh, including one for for 75 yards. And then, you know, again, those are great numbers. And you turn around, you're, you, you ask yourself, why didn't he finish with 200 yards and, and three touchdowns? It's because in the second half, the offense just kind of went. Um, they had to rely on, on Dennis Dixon, his two field goals. The USC offensive line, they helped open up running lanes for 164 yards. Travis Dye, 14, rushes 106. Not bad, right? Look, um, winning on the road, creating four turnovers. I know I'm repeating myself. However, um, those are, you know, 41 points. Those are fantasy-type numbers. And, again... If USC is going to create that type of stuff every week, they might finish 11-1, maybe 12-0. But again, you want to, uh, if you're a betting guy and you like to work on fantasy numbers, why don't you head on over to uh, a new sponsor of ours called Underdog Fantasy. And we're, they're the easiest place to spice up your college football season. And I'm going to emphasize easiest. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Underdog has investment banking, backing, excuse me. I'm sure they're banking it as well. Uh, from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, and Adam Schefter, plus more. They have always been focused on building a superior product for a fun uh, user experience. Customer support team, the, their customer, customer support team is top-notch, the best in the business. Host, <coughs> excuse me. Something stuck in my uh, throat there. So Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to win money while watching college football. Through Underdog's Pick'em Game, you can look for your favorite player stats, pick whether you think they'll end up with a higher or lower total than the stat in this week's game. And if your picks are right, you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Signed up. So sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's underdog fantasy promo code locked on. All right. So what did coach Riley have to say after the game that caught my attention? Um, It's not what he said per se, especially with this first quote, it's it's how he said it. it. was the emotion in his voice. Just 12 months ago, Riley said, quote, look at 12 months ago. This is a good Stanford team, and a lot's changed. I'm proud of the way mm. our guys responded. So you could see it, and he so wanted to say it, but the message was clear. It this is the way I interpreted his his message. Um, last year's team does not win this game, and they definitely don't respond uh, in the second half, doing what they had to do to leave with a win. Um, he was Riley was absolutely just you could see it, and if you go back and watch his post game reaction, you can, uh, over there on wrc.com, we've got a. Lincoln Riley's post game interview uh, that he does with the with the press, um, he he was thrilled with the win. 
at Stanford because you got you know you have to remember this has been a house of horrors for USC. Um, USC's won there one time going back as far as uh, 2008. So yeah, this was he he was definitely ecstatic to kind of make sure that he didn't extend any more misery of USC losing at Stanford. He in his short time here he understands there's a certain amount of tradition and bitter rivalry between these two private schools. And, um, you know, until it's official that Stanford's going to be a part of the big conference, we want to make sure that uh, USC reminds them where they are in the pecking order. It's, Im- it's imperative that that's done. <clears throat> um, you know, he also said during his post-same conference that it, it's imperative that that the team needs to get better. Coaching, everything... Um, and I agree because there was parts of that second half where it really felt like Graham Harrell had taken over the play calling. It was just weird, very disjointed. Um, well, again, I, bottom line, they've won, right? So we'll take it as a learning experience for Lincoln, too. First game as USC's head coach on the road. Who knows? Uh, but he said, look, what a difference a make, what a difference a year makes. There's still a lot of work to be done. The good is really, really good on all three sides. The bad is not good enough right now. That's coaching, that's offense, that's defense, and that's special teams. There's too much inconsistencies. For us, that would be great to raise the ceiling of our play. But more than anything, we've got to take the bottom part of our play. The not good plays, and we've got to raise those up. End quote. Um I think as far as the offensive flat tire that the team had in that second half, uh, Riley took most of the blame. Wasn't very good by me. Uh, wasn't very good for the offense in the second half. They just didn't execute well. Again, they were slipping, a lot of penalties. They had a touchdown taken off the board uh, when Brendan Rice got caught pushing off. Uh, it was a good call. Um it was a I, Lincoln Riley likes to call those competitive calls. There was a lot of jostling uh, between USC's receivers and Stanford's DBs, and vice versa when USC was playing defense and the Stanford wide receivers. So um, I know just felt you know when you're looking at it through cardinal and gold lenses, you always feel like you're being picked on. Yeah, that'll happen when you're when you're looking up at the stats and you see nine penalties for 104 yards. I think were the actual number, 100 yards, whatever. Too many penalties, too many penalty yards, right? Uh, defensively, um, you know, Riley would say, he would go on to say, we need to do a little bit better job in the run game, end quote. Uh, we were explosive defensively. The sacks, the turnovers, those were great. We've got to be more consistent, end quote. You're right. No one's going to argue. Um when it came down to, uh, he said, it, it really came down to too many mental mistakes, basically against the run. We're still making uh, a few too many mental mistakes throughout the course of the game where we're not in a gap or not lined up or not playing a call the way it's designed. Right now, in this game, we gave up a few too many plays where we're not in the gap. And against a good offense like that, referring to Stanford, 
Uh, you make it a lot easier than than obviously we planned to do. Stanford did, you know, show a new wrinkle, something that you usually don't see from Stanford, and that was a, it was almost like a delay draw. It's a RPO mesh where uh, the U.S. the Stanford quarterback Kenner McKee and the Stanford running backs would just hold on the ball until USC essentially kind of took themselves out of the play. And um, the result was a uh, big chunk plays. They got to get that cleaned up because that other teams, future opponents are going to see this. And uh, that weakness will get uh, exploited if USC can't clean up that mess, so to speak. Uh, so it was, you know, it was clear, very clear that um, Lincoln Riley, he wanted to celebrate with the team. You could hear it in the locker room. This was a big win. They, I, Who knows if they had it circled on the calendar. But test number one, they passed with flying colors. I don't think they'll give them an A, but I think they'll give them a solid B. And that's only because of, you know, there's areas to clean up. Um, but Anytime you go on the road and you win 41 to 28, uh, that's that's better than average. That's better than just a passing grade. Um, that's an above average grade. And again, we'll give grades um, coming up this week, probably in the next episode after you're watching this one. Uh, Coaching-wise, um, look, he said that uh, we've got to get better playing-wise. We've got to get better. Uh, should it get better as we go? If we're the team that we think we can be, then yes. We're just on our journey. I think all three units of this football team can be really, really good. But we've got to continue to improve. We've got a, we're doing a lot of good. We know we've got to get better. And as long as this team stays locked in and linked in, um, they're they're going to get to the place they want to go. And you need to get over there to uh, LinkedIn.com because as you gear up for the fall, you need all the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find all the right people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can find you find so the network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your college job to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. So the AP writers, AP poll, they believe the Trojans are the number seven team in the country. Are they? Why not? Right. When the first AP poll came out, 
They were the number 14 team. Last week, before the Stanford game, they jumped to number 10. Guess what? Week three AP poll, they're the number 17. And why not? You know, um, Texas A&M, they were touted highly. They got beat at home by Appalachian State. Um, Washington State went into Wisconsin, got a win. No, Wisconsin wasn't rated higher than USC. Notre Dame was. They lost at home to Marshall. That one sink in. Let's look at the top 25. Again, we're going to separate the top three because I think everyone knows right now. And you know what? Let's separate the top two. Top two. Georgia jumped Alabama and took over the number one spot. Alabama struggled at Texas. Uh, Bryce Young bailed out Nick Saban. There's really no other way to say that. So Alabama, they got their win on the road. And again, that's the important part. But they weren't impressive. They didn't look good. So they dropped to number two below Georgia. Number three, Ohio State maintaining that third spot. But they did receive one number one vote, one vote for, to be the number one team in the country. I'll see if I can find out who did that. I'm not aware of it. But number four is Michigan. Number five, Clemson. Six, Oklahoma. Number seven, USC. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Number nine, Kentucky. Number 10, Arkansas. So let's look at three, four, five, six. I think everyone would say Ohio State would probably give USC their hardest game. I'm looking at Michigan, Clemson, Oklahoma, and I'm thinking, can those teams keep up with USC offensively? Tell you what, someone's got to be the number seven team in the country. Why not USC? It's early. Uh, They won impressively at home in week one, 66-14 over Rice. Oklahoma, they looked pretty good at home against Kent State, 56-3 against Kent. They're not even Kent State anymore. They're just Kent. Look, it almost feels like these two teams are are going to meet each other in the playoffs if if things hold to form. We'll see that. We're getting way ahead of ourselves. Nevertheless, looking at those teams, you can say that USC deservedly, they should be the number seven team in the country. Could they be higher? Sure, why not? Could they be lower? I don't know. Are any of those, uh, was Oklahoma State any more impressive? Kentucky, they went into the swamp and beat Florida, uh, where Utah, I guess, maybe they gave the game away. Who knows? Anyways, USC number seven. The writers believe so. They come home this week to prepare for Fresno State. That will be their next home game at the Coliseum. Anticipate that game being sold out. Uh, it'll be a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Fresno State's Red Wave will travel very well. Uh, they acquitted themselves at home against Oregon State, who will be USC's next opponent uh, on the road in two weeks. So, stepping stones, uh, here we go. USC passed their first test on the road at Stanford, came away with the win 41-28. to 
Next up, Fresno State. After that, Oregon State. But again, let's focus on Fresno. We're not done with Stanford. Thank you for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. When you're not listening to Locked or watching Locked on USC, head on over and check out the Lock on Pac-12 network. I'm actually going to be on with Spencer McLaughlin this week talking about USC's win against Stanford and what's coming up next. And then when you're all done making Locked On USC and the Locked On Pac-12, Locked On Big Ten, your first listen every day, you're going to have to get on over to WeRSC.com. Because as you can see, I reached that 30-minute mark. There's only so much news and notes and information I can give you. But we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode because Locked On USC is with you five days a week. So until then, you know what to do.